It's time now for 15 Minutes of Faith, practical application of God's timeless truth for today, with your host, me, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. So let's get started with 15 Minutes of Faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Independence Day edition of 15 Minutes of Faith. I'm your host, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan, and I am glad that we live in the United States of America. And when I think about Independence Day, especially on this weekend, it's not very often that the 4th of July falls on a Sunday. But what an opportunity it is to gather together in the house of the Lord to celebrate our independence, not only as a nation, but our independence as individuals, to have religious liberty, to be able to freely serve the Lord our God. And what a great way to do that in the house of the Lord. And with that in mind, I would encourage you to come on out and join us at Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. We're located on 710 Salisbury Avenue right there in Bay City. And if all you need to do is go online, look up Harvest Baptist Bay City, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or Google, wherever you want to look it up, Harvest Baptist Bay City, and you'll get our address and directions to our church house. And you will meet a wonderful church family there. Great people that love one another and ultimately love God the way that he wants us to be. And we love God because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us and gave himself as a propitiation for our sins, paying the price at Calvary so that we could abide in the true vine for all eternity. But as we come together on this Independence Day weekend, as we come together in the house of the Lord on the 4th of July, the first word that comes to my mind and my heart is the word gratitude. I am very grateful for living in a free country where we can freely worship and serve God without fear of persecution. First and foremost, when I think about persecution for serving God, the first place my mind goes is to Daniel. Daniel was a man that was strong in his convictions, not because of himself, but because of his faith in God and trusting in God. Daniel didn't trust in himself. He trusted in the Lord. He did what the Lord commanded and trusted that God would take care of him, and he did. The time came where King Darius was tricked into signing a law that they could not pray to anyone but the king. And when Daniel was found praying unto the true, the one true God, uh, they saw that, and he had no choice but to be thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel was obedient. He was obedient to go into the lion's den, spent a night in there, and was not harmed. Not one bit because of God's provision and because of God's protection. Later on, I think about his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not bow down to the statue, to the idol of King Nebuchadnezzar. They would not bow down to him whatsoever when everybody else did. And because of that, they were sentenced to the fiery furnace. And you can read in the pages of Daniel that you will see that even though they were thrown into the fiery furnace, that they weren't even singed, not even as so much as having the smell of smoke on their clothes, that God had protected them. They saw that there was one sitting in there, in the midst of them, and that was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ protecting them for their obedience to the Lord and their step of faith. 
And some of you may be thinking, well, that's all well and good for the stories of the Bible that happened millennia ago, but what about today? And I'm glad you asked that question, because persecution still exists today. We may not think about it in the United States of America, because we are the land of the free, the home of the brave, and we do not suffer religious persecution. Now, I'm not to say that there aren't people going through trials and tribulations because of their faith, but we are not suffering at the hands of persecution as there are in some countries throughout the world, even today. According to Christianity Today, worldwide, one out of every eight Christians suffers persecution. And even more so in the Asian countries, the area of Asia, two in five Christians suffer persecution. Persecution looks something like you profess Christ or you even so much as have a Bible and you'll be taken away and put into prison. And it's not as though the American prison system where you're given a sentence for a a determined amount of time and you have legal representation. No, the government will throw you in there and they will let you out when they feel like letting you out. And you will not be able to contact your family. They will not hear from you. They'll know nothing about that. But my point today isn't necessarily here to scare you, but to come to terms with the reality that there is persecution in the world today for those that profess their faith in Christ. But as we gather together on this Independence Day weekend, we must realize that we do not face persecution. Some may be thinking, well, we don't face it today, but it's coming. But you know what? Take no thought for the morrow. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof, according to Matthew chapter 6. Also in Matthew chapter 6, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The idea there is, is that you put God first, and he will take care of the rest. In the book of Psalms, chapter 33, the Bible says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now that was originally penned for the nation of Israel. It talks about God's inheritance and Israel being his inheritance. But there is a biblical principle there that that is this, that when a nation, whether it be Israel or whether it be the United States or whether it be whatever country it is, is a nation determines to put God at the forefront and to put God on the throne where he belongs, that will be a nation that will be blessed. That'll be a nation that'll be under the hand of God, that'll be uh, under the watch of God, and that'll be under the care of God. It's only when we reject God and turn away from him where we struggle and suffer the hands of whether it be judgment, which would be a terrible thing, or it could just be chastening of the Lord. But nonetheless, the idea is to have the Lord first and at the forefront of where he belongs. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And when our nation declared its independence all those years ago in 1776, They had made their Declaration of Independence. Again, they had written those things down on July the 2nd, but didn't really make it a proclamation until July the 4th. But they were declaring their independence from uh, the, the nation of England and saying, we will be our own and each and every person will have their individual liberty to serve the country and to serve a God that they choose and that they please. And their idea was to have the sovereign God to be over the entire nation. And that's still the same even today. Even though some may say, well, you don't understand how far away we've gotten from God and we're, we're drifting away and we're going away from him and you don't understand it's getting worse and worse. Well, there's a couple of things here. Uh, number one, 
uh, were definitely not as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah when God rained down fire and brimstone to consume them. And before we get off on a tangent on them, the sin that they had committed ultimately was the sin of pride. And God had come and brought his judgment down upon them because of pride. We have not reached that point yet. But the other idea is this, is that the Bible says that we're going to be worse and worse as we draw near to the end. And some people might be thinking today, well, we are getting closer to the end as each day goes by. Well, that is just how things work. Every day that goes by, we are indeed getting closer to the end. Uh, But the idea is this, is that we need to redeem the time because the days are evil. It's not as though we need to wait till the end and kind of run out the clock. No, Christians, we need to be standing stronger than ever before, sharing the gospel and winning as many people as we can. We can't stand back and just say, well, when is this nation going to go back to the way it should be? Well, I'll tell you what. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, verse 14, it says this, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, originally, this verse, in its context, was written to King Solomon. And it was God talking to Solomon about when the people of Israel had turned on the Lord and when the desolation would come and the the plagues would come and so on and so forth as God's sign of saying, I am not pleased. And then he gave him this instruction to do that. And he was talking to Solomon about Israel at that time. But the principle is still there. Though this verse was written to Solomon, to Israel during a time, it was written for us. The Bible says that his word is for our example, and there's a principle here, and here's the truth we can draw from that. As us as Christians sit back and wonder how bad things are going to get, number one, we're sitting in an area of defeat, which we should not because we are on the victory side. Christ said, it is finished. And he wasn't just talking about the work on the cross, he was talking about the work of salvation, the work of eternal life, the work of sanctification, the work of, of being accepted as a child of God, the, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. He was saying it is finished and that was the penalty of sin and the power of sin. Us as Christians, we don't need to just sit back and watch and just wonder when things will change. No, the verse says, if my people, which are called by my name, again, what are we called? Christians, little Christs. We are, again, that was a, a term that was meant to be derogatory uh, back in the, in the New Testament days, but uh, it, it's turned into something today, that as a Christian, we are to identify with Christ. As Christians, we are to identify with God. And that's who he's talking to. He's talking to the people which are called by his name. We don't see in the word of God where it says, If the wicked will suddenly agree with Christians and start doing things the Christian way, no. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Think about that. Part of our problem as Christians is sometimes we suffer from the sin of pride. And we get contentious. And we get angry. And the Bible clearly says, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And the problem is, is we're taking matters into our own hands. We're taking things personally. I'm reminded of Samuel. As the time came, as Samuel was leading the the nation of Israel, they cried out unto him and said, Up, give us a king that we may be like the other nations. And God says to Samuel, he says, You know, don't worry about it, Samuel. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me. 
And that's the same thing here is, is when the unsaved wicked world acts like, surprise, the unsaved wicked world, they are not rejecting us, they are rejecting God. And that, that, that is grievous when you think about it, but we shouldn't take it personally, and we shouldn't get angry about it, and we shouldn't be surprised. What we should do is humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn from our own wicked ways. Let's start taking the beam out of our eyes before we start going after the splinters and others. And if we humble ourselves and pray, when's the last time you prayed for the revival of the United States of America? Go through any history book and read about the, the Great Awakening, Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, other revivals, and you will see every revival that ever was, that ever will be, always started with a season of prayer. And that's demonstrated in the book of Acts. When they went into the upper room as Jesus ascended up into heaven, the first thing they did was pray. And the Holy Spirit came down upon the believers, and Peter went out and preached at the time of Pentecost, and 3,000 souls were saved. But that first started with a prayer meeting. And aren't you glad that we live in a country and a nation whose God is still the Lord? Turn off the news, turn off everything else, and just turn into your Bible and listen as we understand that God is still on the throne and he's still in control. And realize that revival is just a matter of God's people, believers, humbling themselves and praying. When's the last time you prayed for something? When's the last time you just really got serious about something and cried out, to, out unto God for something and watched him answer that prayer? And that's so true for you as an individual. That's true for you and your family. And that's true for us in the United States of America. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And we still have him on the throne and we can still worship him freely and openly without fear of persecution. And I am ever so grateful for that. So as we gather together this Independence Day weekend, let's not forget the one from whom blessings flow. Thank you ever so much, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for the freedoms we have today. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I thank you so much once again for joining us. But until next time, stay faithful.